come on. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about Tristan. No. Uh, yeah, can you guys, by the way, oh, speaking of, can you guys get off me? You already. What? Oh, oh. Uh, get your finger out of my butt right Welcome now. Welcome to the mud pit. Oh. <laughs> I actually asked Tristan to send me his bio, so I, I have it. Tristan is the co host of a much more popular and successful podcast, The Comics Table. I got this so in much an email. better than this, this podcast. Uh, let, me, let me just read it. You it's already wrote it. I'll, I'll read yeah. exactly what yeah. you wrote. He wanted to increase his listenership by five people, so he joined the wacky gang over at Let's Talk About Sets for an episode. When he's not crushing it on stage nightly at comedy clubs around the world, he's a successful dick model and (laughs) two-time Nobel Prize winner for his work in literature and theoretical physics, respectively. Tristan is currently planning charity work as a guest comic on several of Jeff McBride's upcoming <laughs> shows. And I want to add something Thank else. Thank you for reading it correctly so far, Jeff. I want to add something else to it. Yeah. You have the hardest job of all. So hard. Being a father. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> He's a daddy. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, Tristan. Was that sarcasm? I can't even tell myself. Is that how you pronounce it? Sarcasm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's what you do when you're looking at Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that sargaping hole? I think one of the reasons I was really excited to have Tristan on the show is that he just never gets an opportunity to express his opinions. <laughs> and so, like, there's just so much in there. It's a silent burden. <laughs> it's a silent white man's burden that you carry. It's tough. I was super happy to have you on just because you tackle taboo in your material all the time. You're, you're, I, I try. You're, you're super edgy. It's what makes you laugh. I love your promotional stuff online where it's like a photo of a, a great comedian. Yeah. And then you, <laughs> then you put your face on it. <laughs> I don't know what. Wait, give us some of the content. What are the ones you've used? To oh, you know, I off? hosted a couple Broadway uh, late night um, shows and I took like a Bill Burr and a and then my favorite was taking a Dave Chappelle. And I take my photo that's the same for everyone, cut it out really blatantly, and just paste my head over top of theirs. It's so funny. Yeah. It's very funny. Please follow him on Twitter and Instagram. It's very funny. Yeah, and, and, and within that is a lot of improv. You have a big improv I do, background. Yeah, yeah, mm, that is true. I didn't know you were gay. I'm just joking. We're just <laughs> Well, we're gonna find out after the podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're gonna enter the mud pit. <laughs> You're gonna enter that mud pit, baby. One I'm out. I, I, I'm not interested in either of you, so I'm I'm out. <laughs> you guys can go ahead and I just two straight dudes fucking <laughs> I think it's more well, considering how much you smoke, Harrison, I think it's more the tar pit. I think that would be more, more apt. No, that's my mouth. Welcome to but I'll blow you too. Pit. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so th- th- you you have all this time uh-huh. spent in improv, and I think it really comes out on stage. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you feel that plays out. I- improv is kind of a racket because it's it's expected that you take classes, and each one is like can be like three to five hundred dollars yeah. for for a class. And then, and then like a lot of places are like, Hey, if you want to perform at our theater, it's not, you know, you either have to be in with the crew somehow, which it's a very young community. So if you're not like early twenties, that's really tough. Um, and then the the other thing is likable. Yeah, exactly. And you have to go through their program and that can be like five, six levels, depending on the the thing. So we're talking about thousands, thousands of dollars, which Mm -hmm. I did. I went through. I went through a program at one of the theaters, like over the course of like three, two or three years, or something like that, and uh, um, and it went nowhere. <laughs> so I and I ended up 
being on a house team at another theater, which was great for a period of time. But uh, I think improv, there, there's always been this silly, like, pseudo uh, battle between improv and stand-up. And I think that's How do you ridiculous. mean? You know, for so long, it was like the stand-ups were like, oh, improv is, you know, if you do improv, you're bullshit. And mm-hmm. uh, and then I don't know if the, if I got the same kind of vibe from from improv people, but, but it's kind of like, oh, you're kind of doing this lone wolf, uh, you know, thing. But I think, I think it's becoming more acceptable to mix the two. I I don't think variety shows are very good with both of them because I think their context of each one is so different. And uh, (laughs) like to switch gears like that, I think is a little much on an audience. I've done it with some success when I go back to Montana and uh, let's just assume we just made fun of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I've had some success with it. Be- the way that they handle, they do short form first of all. Well, it's, that's yeah, and that's and that's it, different. But I think in New York, it's it's mostly long form. Oh yeah, I have never seen yeah. short form here. Short what, form. What is short? I have seen. Oh, that. let's define that. Let's define that. Yeah, so yeah. so the so short form is like whose line is it anyway? That's oh. that's more short form. I think where, I like that more. Uh, you. I mean, it, if you do long form, that I that I I like short form more. Yeah, I definitely do long form. <laughs> um, no, honestly, like a lot of people do what's called a herald, which is actually a structure that a lot of sitcoms use or used, and um, uh, it's just it's more of like a structured approach. The shows can be anywhere from half an hour to an hour, um, and uh, it's uh, it's it's more like a collection of scenes that build up to create a piece and it's all completely improvised. Whereas and it's, it's, it's connected and it's all connected. Ideally, 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 like, like long form going wrong is really bad, like really, really bad. But when it goes right, it's, it's magical and amazing. Mm-hmm. Even, even having done it for a number of years, when you watch long form go really right, it's, it's like, holy shit. It's, it's like a scripted theater piece, Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's, it's filled with comedy usually. And that's the other cool thing about improv. Like it doesn't, you don't have to get a laugh every, every minute and it can be sad mm-hmm. and it can be, it can be, it dark. can evoke a lot of different emotions. You're, I've seen your improv a few times and it's so, it's so dark. It becomes so funny. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I, and I, I remember just watching, just being like, what the Oh my God. <laughs> right. Which, which I love, you know, yes. that's what I love. Yes. That's why I yeah. love that. in I love the dark. I love the absurd. And why, um, why? Yeah. Um, I think that's just always been my sense of humor. My mother is a very pessimistic person and she has very similar sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I just kind of grew up with like, you laugh at like the shitty things about life, you know. I think um, we should note that your shirt is two cars crashing into each other head on. So <laughs> with, with Control Z underneath them. Control Z. Undo. Yeah. So were you a bully as a kid? Um, here's the thing. I always got sounds bullied. like yes. Uh, sounds no, like yes. Yeah. No, here's the thing. At the time, I did not feel I was a bully. I always felt like I would get bullied because I would. I would be picked on all the time. But my mom just says that. She describes it that I was a bully. So I think it was probably, I I think I did things to kids that were mean, but I didn't really think of it in the context of me being mean. I was just like, I'm treating them like kids treat each other because that's how I got treated. Um, Mm. But uh, yeah, so I guess maybe for, maybe at some point, like in elementary school, somebody, somebody would have considered me a bully, but... I always th- felt like I the was people, the people you bullied. What's that? The people you bullied. They probably felt that way. Right. But I didn't have like a regular person that I antagonize or anything like that. You, you spread know? it out. No, I didn't like, I <laughs> <laughs> didn't you guys have like some kid in the neighborhood that would like 
punch you in the face, just come up to you and punch you in the face. Like I had a group that. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were like, I remember, and I remember one time I tried to make like peace with them and like, Oh, here's my snack. I'm going to give him, give you my snack. Mm-hmm. And so I had like this, like all this snack that I had that I would save that was like really, you know, and I shaved, shared it with all these guys and the, the lead guy just after they all ate, he just punched me in the face as hard as he could. Oh, oh my God. And so I started crying. Like I was just crying and the rest of the guys you could tell they were like this isn't right man this is not cool so the and so they all like walked away and like one of the guys was just like i'm sorry and 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 like that was yeah and then i had another kid omar who would hang out with me and was buddy buddy but the moment a third or fourth person showed up I was like a piece of shit. Oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah he would just he yeah. would pick on me all. The, he invited me over his house. He's all nice. And then but, another time, yeah. and the moment another kid showed up, Boom. it was like let's gang up on Tristan. Right. Um, right. And then the final thing is, I think when I was in kindergarten or first grade, there was this girl that used to like run after me, and she would like punch me and like spit in my ear, and I actually antagonized her because I think I kind of liked it. <laughs> like I kind of yeah, like I did. Like I kind of liked this girl beating beating up on me. It was like. It was like an early attention. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So now we know yeah. what you and your wife do. <laughs> B- BDSM, baby. BDSM. This is one of the things that forms comedians is this like you have some darkness in your childhood of some sort and then you develop as a as a coping mechanism this <laughs> sort of like sense of humor about it. Yeah. You you find a way to make it okay. I remember the first time that happened, I was I was thinking it was second or third grade. I had a cold and I was like I was somewhere visible and I sneezed and just snot like all over my face, oh, right? It was just hanging out on my nose. It was disgusting. There was nothing, there was nothing I could do about it. And I could see all of my classmates getting grossed out. So I was like, I just started chasing them with the snot <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, I'm going to make a fucking, like, I'm embarrassed as fuck. I'm going to make a performance so piece out of it's this. So you, and then, and then in third grade, there was me and this other kid, Matt, and his mom was dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. And we were just like the class clowns. Like we, we would just, like I had my own, like my parents divorced, had a, like a very violent divorce when I was four. And then I, my, my friend Matt and his yeah. mother was dying. Um, and so we would just like get out all of that little angst in like just trying to like make the other kids laugh. And a lot of times it didn't work. They were just like, uh, teacher, Tristan's doing this thing right now. Like just totally rat me out. Um, but you know, I try, I tried the whole year to just not a big fan of rats. (laughs) Tristan, Getting that feeling. That's right. Come and you're four. Come over here and, and, and deal with this like a man, four year old pussy. (laughs) I, I, I agree very much with the mafia when it comes to rats, you know, that's fucking great. People that rat on taboo, dude. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're rats. They're, they're, they're rats. They don't know they're, they're rats. They, and Trump supporters, they're rats too. <laughs> they're like, they're coming in our country. It's like, even if they are bad, just don't be a bitch about it. You know, <laughs> you know. Even if everyone was a terrorist, keep it on the DL. <laughs> You're being no one trusts you anymore. That's Do you like, hate if you see something, say something? <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. Actually, no. This is Harrison's question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, this is my yeah, question. This is your question. No, but you say it, Jeff. You're better at it. Oh, yeah? You're going to correct me. Yeah. Do you guys just want to make out right now? I can leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> you do it. No, you. <laughs> Stop. Oh, yeah, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. mind that. Just no more. Okay. That was my boner going into his mud pit. <laughs> uh... Ha <laughs> ha
good. Need to read it. Was there? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> this after jeans. These are like the two most intense edits you've had to do, and you have to do them. So and you're gonna work. have to do them back to back. Oh my God! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Jeff, what's your cool question? It's Harrison's question. That so, he, Jeff, that what's your cool took, question through Harrison? That he stole fair and square from Pete Holmes. Okay. Was there ever a I moment, didn't steal this from Pete Holmes. I heard him say it. That, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Joke stealing a, is definitely taboo. He says, guys. what is the biggest lesson you've learned in comedy? I am a you made it. I'm a weirdo, guys. Yeah. I love you made it weird. Oh, okay. Well, uh, let's hear your, your version of it. My version is, was there a comic who was at. Uh, above your level at your level or just a little wiser than you that gave you some advice and as soon as you heard that advice it changed your perspective on comedy and what it means to be a comic boom original thinking mm. <laughs> uh, not that original um, <laughs> fuck that is tough man um oh Atel said that do you know what is actually <laughs> do you know what's actually really interesting is that it's not so much like a single piece of wisdom that I get from somebody, but more having conversations with other comedians and trying to clarify a thought together mm. that I actually get some clarity on things and be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like Jeff and I have had some amazing conversations about comedy and this, just the, the struggle of it and the joy of it and all those kinds of things. I've gleaned as much. I think we've both gleaned a lot of stuff from it. When you said to me, Jeff, there has to be joy in everything you do. That has been there. the biggest lesson. Holy you know. shit. Yeah. I went, oh, yeah, huh? People <laughs> like that. <laughs> and even the darker it is, the more joyful you have yeah. to find a way to make it. Totally. A lot of information that I got was actually through um, improv. Um, because improv is all about playing. It's all about accepting the reality that you're in, even if it's a fictitious made up reality and just kind of going with it and saying yes to it and embracing it and expanding upon it. And, um, I think kind of taking those lessons and applying them to stand up. I mean, yeah, you, like if, if you're just doing it, like if you're just do, like going through the slog with it, you know, like I don't understand comedians that do comedy and they feel like they have to go to the worst mic and they have to suffer the most <laughs> and they have to bomb a thousand times. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that miserable for you to be a real comic. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's good to fail and learn from your mistakes, but like, fuck man. Also enjoy yourself. Like it's, it's fun. You're supposed to be doing this cause you're fun because if you m have to suffer that much, like you're not going to make it through. You're just going to get to the point where you're like, I can't fucking do this anymore. And you're going to, I'm pretty positive, I think, as a comedian, like off stage, mm -hmm. just like talking to comics and like telling them what I think is good in their act. And because for some reason, um, that doesn't happen enough, apparently. Like, I make I, it a point to do that. Me too. I would love it's like really important. I think it's like every it's, time someone's done it to me, it's been like, oh, that, that, uh, that, that, that mattered. Yeah. It's a really big thing when someone's like, I love the like nuance of that because it's that gets infectious. I feel like if you keep doing that, if you keep doing that, it just people do it to each other. And it's it's like the mud pit. Like everyone goes, <laughs> enjoys the mud pit. They go goddamn mud pit. <laughs> um, I, I also have to say one other thing. I got a really good piece of advice <laughs> recently about the craft of stand up. Which uh, from Joe DeVito, uh -huh. um, who basically, look, we were talking about jokes and the structure of them. And I know this might seem really obvious to a lot of people, but, you know, you have a joke, you have a setup, you have a punchline, you have maybe a tag and it works. 
And he was kind of saying, well, okay, you have this, this setup here. Um, you, you ha- you've gotten these laughs. Why not continue to uh, work this, this joke and like not leave it? Like, mm. So basically the idea is like you have a joke. It maybe took 30 seconds to set it up, to punch and like all that stuff. Why not keep wor- working on tags? Work on the ways that you can extrapolate it. Make it a five-minute piece. Like why, you know. And it's it's such an obvious thing, and I, I I know it just might be like no duh to people, but it's like you already did all the work to get there. Why not keep pushing it? You know, and I I think a lot of times I don't I haven't always had that perspective when I was writing. Like I want to go on to the next thing. I want to how many jokes can I get into my set kind of thing? And it's like why not just do you know like I'm working on like a set about like birthdays, right? And it's not always the funniest thing. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But like it's evolved from like a 15, 30 second thing to, to maybe a couple minute thing. And why not make it like a five minute piece? Why not make it a 10 minute piece? Like talking like a birthday is such a uh, rich thing. You can go so many directions with it. Like why not continue to flesh it out? And there's going to be parts that just die because it's not funny or it doesn't work, but the parts that remain are, you're going to have this completely amazing crystalline structure. That's just, you can't break. And also you get the benefit of having what I like to call an accordion joke where your joke could be 30 seconds or it could be five minutes, depending on what parts of it you decide to do, what tags you decide to do. I think that's such a great way to write all of your material. Just write everything like an accordion. Cause sometimes you get five minutes, sometimes you get 20 and, yeah. and you know, you should be able to like expand and contract your jokes accordingly. I think you do a good job of that. I think that you do expand on it. And as as I've watched your material grow over time... um, Drones on and on. Yeah, it's like when I can stay awake during it, I know there are parts I like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love novels. So I like it that you write them on stage. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, why don't we play a little bit of Tristan's material? I I guess we have to, technically. Uh, Anybody, are you tired? Want to take a nap? Because this is really good for you. Just play like I put a tell in my earphones, and then (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't get to see you that much. Do stand up, but every time I he doesn't really. He has the hardest job of all. He's a father. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, let's talk about sex. All right, so this next clip is by Tristan Smith. Tristan, is there anything that you'd like to say about this? <laughs> yeah, this is the second time we're listening to this clip. <laughs> you didn't record all the great... Man, we really broke open comedy. We found new ground. We discovered new universes. Mm. Unfortunately, none of it has been recorded. It's just going to be floating in the ether forever now. Yeah. I, I, this has been the most technically problematic <laughs> recording I attempt. brought all my gremlins with me, so that's, that's why. <laughs> all right, well, let's listen to this as though... <laughs> I certainly have heard it before. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, This is by Tristan Smith. It is at the stand, and it's called something we've all heard a million times, but you're hearing it for the first time. (laughs) Sometimes I think about, like, like the expressions that we use that are, like, don't mean anything, and I'm just, like, sitting around in my underwear, like, why do we say that? Like, like, when you come up on stage, they say, like, hey, break a leg up, Dave. Like, you're not supposed to say good luck because that's bad luck. Like, but where, nobody knows what break a leg means. <laughs> like, I feel like some guy from Staten Island must have made that shit up. Like, that somehow that's a good thing. Hey, break a leg up there with some lacerations and contusions, all right? Or everything you know is a super break for you. Hey, you know what? 
fracture your fucking skull, buddy. Alright? I want everything to go super well. You know what'd be great? If you fractured both your femurs, you know, punctured your femoral artery, just start bleeding outside your leg that's swollen up like giant eggplants. You gotta poke a pin in there to drain the blood out, but the pressure's so high, you spray it all with your blood. <laughs> what I'm saying is your mother and I, we believe in you, and we want to go so well. <laughs> But you know what? Break your fucking neck, all right? I want you to be in a wheelchair, moving yourself around with a little tube, medical bills piling up to the ceiling, you're a huge burden on your entire fucking family. <laughs> then eventually the expression will just be, hey, Christopher Reeve up there, all right? <laughs> Christopher Reeve. Oh, everybody still groans. When is too soon? You know, when is too soon? Over? Superman. Oh, he was Superman, but he's not going to die looking just like Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that are feeling really bad for him, I loved him, but I'm sorry, he died in the whitest way possible. He got thrown off a multi-million dollar horse that he's kept alive by, like, millions of dollars of machines. And also, like, do you remember that? Oh, man. Ma'am, shut the fuck up. But, but I love you. Um... No, just fun, guys. You know what? You know what? This is a really fun crowd, so I'm going to leave you on a rape joke. Oh my. I'm going to do that. I love when that works. Uh, I, was in a, uh, I was in a taxi cab. This is a true story. I was in a taxi cab, and they had a little uh, ticker at the bottom. said, police are searching for Queen's rapist. And I literally thought, holy shit, the Queen was raped? Like, I literally, I literally thought that. Like, I don't know if I just imagined... Like, some guy wandered out of a pub, like, into Buckingham Palace... He just finds the queen somehow. No one's stopping him. And then he just starts going to town on the queen, you guys. And the queen's guard, they can't do anything. They have to stand there perfectly still. With big poofy hats, like tears rolling down their face. And the queen, you know, she's not into it at first. But she hasn't been that wet in like 50 years. <laughs> So he, he he must have gotten away. The queen's just like, Oh, the Fitz's penny loafer should be my new king. <laughs> Guys, breaking news, Bill Cosby is now the king of England. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. You have a good night. All right. You know what's funny? I, I kind of took away different things the second time li okay. listening to it. What did today. you take away from this? So the first round when we were listening to it, I, I it, it hit me so hard how many times I say like. It's a very annoying mm -hmm. habit. But I actually kind of said it in the beginning part before I got my my claws into the joke that I was doing. And then it, it's it, a nervous I thing. What's that? It's a nervous thing. It is. It, it, is. it mm -hmm. is when I'm just trying to find what I want to say, which right. happens sometimes because I do approach my jokes in an somewhat improv improvisational way. Mm -hmm. um, I love Jeff squirming, like, because it's the second time. You look yeah. like you're just cutting yourself over there. Like, no, bad <laughs> Jeffy. Bad <laughs> Jeffy, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and then I was just listening to the spacing more because we just talked about the spacing and how... Um, the spacing. Uh, let's let's the dive space into the it. spacing between my jokes in terms of like giving them breath or or letting them breathe. Mm -hmm. um, I guess if you want to reiterate your point, yes. Okay, so some jokes, if you say them too fast, you yeah. don't give people enough time to think their way through them, 
and then they won't laugh. And other jokes, if you if you give them too much time between the setup and the punchline, they get ahead of you. And if if it's a really really simple joke, like like oh, Queen's rapist it could mean two things, they're gonna people are gonna get ahead of you too too. And and then it becomes there's no surprise, but you said it so quickly. When I said holy shit, the queen was raped. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. Whereas I've heard you do it where yeah. it's it's slower, and then you give people a moment to think about the thing they saw on the ticker. Police are searching for queen's rapist. Yeah. Then they they go, oh, I get where he's going, mm. and and that you with this particular recording, there's no space in between there. You yeah. go right into it, and then it's a gut laugh. Right. Now the 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 downside is there was just certain parts. In there where I could have let, like, let I could have let it breathe. Mm-hmm. Because you're getting those laughs. It's like, let those laughs ring, you know, don't stomp on the laughs. And that's that's very hard, especially considering in this particular case, I was uh, I was at a show that um, that was, you know, very time sensitive. If you don't, if, if I didn't get out of there on time, it, I was going to be were, booted were, out. Yeah, you'd get, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you would have gotten booted right out of there. Yeah, when you're, sure. when you're a professional <laughs> comedian and you have been... Um, and and you know you're Dave Chappelle. You can run the light by forty five minutes. But, yeah. <laughs> um, if you're if you're if you're still working at this craft, you get certain shows the way they're produced. Uh, it's it's like if you if you run over the light, you're not getting booked again. Yeah, yeah. Or or you know you somebody will literally come and flash a light in your face. Or you know there's the you know I've literally had a guy come up to me at the stage and like put the his phone like in front of my face, uh-huh. just wave it in front of my face in front of an audience that I'm doing really well with. Mm-hmm. Now that's a shitty producer, but like it happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think there's, there's a certain level where you, you rush it to kind of fit into that last minute. Sometimes that can actually like clarify a joke. Have you had that happen where all of a sudden you skip all this other stuff? Yeah. Your, your, your brain just goes, Oh wait, I can skip all these things and just do this stuff. And then you're like, Oh, the joke was all there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I want to talk about the taboo of the of the of the gore a little bit. Yeah, you have very specific stuff. Was that improvised or did you write it out? Because where it was particularly like the punctured femoral artery that then swells your legs like er, feet like eggplants. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah. It was actually. I think that that joke was built with improv. It was like the genesis is. I have a best friend friend from uh, high school. I don't remember what you the used conversation- to bully him. No, definitely not. Actually, he broke my pinky toe. The only bone I've ever broken in my body. He lifted me up in a bear hug, spun me around and smashed me into a wall. Yeah, I'm a fucking human ragdoll. And then, anyway, and he was like, and then he was like, "Yeah, I broke your toe up there." Oh, he, la- he laughed his ass off. He laughed his ass. Off. But we were we were just joking around, and I started the. I loved I loved the voice. I loved the you know that kind of Staten Island. Oh, uh, it makes it too. Yeah, I, I, I love doing that. Yeah. So then I started going. It, we, I think we were talking about break a leg or something like that. And then I just started riffing like, "Hey, break a leg with some lacerations, contusions up there." So specific. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, your your like. And your nose disappear in that. Yes, because you know, I have that fucking down. joke down. Yeah. The the moment where you you break it, you have this momentum yeah. of this horrible taboo gore bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and then you break it for a moment. What we're saying is we believe in you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that, that was another thing that was just kind of a, a moment when I was at a show. You felt the energy. And I felt it. And I was yeah. like, okay, these people need a little respite or they need to be, they need to have this the, the the context of this joke they have to restated. be reminded it's mm-hmm. almost like when almost like when chris rock will restate the premise yeah yeah you 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 did that I but still in the bit that. but also in, yeah but also in a more exaggerated way in the sense of like 
you know, uh, like I'm, I'm softening the deli- the person who's delivering these lines, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm, this character. Mm-hmm. Cause up until this point, it's just like, just tough guys. Like, no, but I love you, honey. You might, <laughs> I want you to dance recital. It'll go super yeah. good over there. You know, like yeah, the, the contrast between describing basically the maiming and death of someone right. and a very loving parent just wanting the best for their child yeah. is, <laughs> is so funny uh, to have those two things happen at the same time. Do you know what's funny is, so we, we talked about this stuff previously in the, the part that you didn't record, but I think it's so, <laughs> I, you know, because you, you fucked up, right? You know what I mean? Like you, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. You really ruined. No, um, no, but actually I think it's interesting because you you kind of like when you talk it over a second time, those points a little bit better and see some of those things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Thank yeah. you for especially a second it. time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's refried beans, baby. It's better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Died like Lex Luthor. That, That's so when did you put that together? Um, because by the way, uh, let's, let's just take yeah. a moment to the, the, when you take it to its ultimate state where yeah. you go it's gonna get to christopher reeve up there yeah 100 know that this is gonna make yeah. people upset everybody loves christopher reeve totally I, taboo I love, I love christopher reeve i mean for me he christopher reeve is actually like i feel physically bad when i do that <laughs> joke but it becomes from the fact that like christopher you feel reeve like was, he got thrown off a horse or something yeah like trying to deal with exactly that. man no he's just one of my heroes like when i grew up like i love superman and it's because of christopher reeve superman i remember i was like four years old the cake was you know superman on it and i i loved those richard donner movies and uh, so he was kind of a hero of mine but i'm like if you can't poke if you can't poke your own heroes then you know you certainly can't do that to other people as well so for me it's it's kind of a way of uh you know knocking down somebody that i love but that i know that everybody kind of does like mm-hmm. there's some people that are just you can't make fun of them right like it it's almost taboo it the taboo is in that this person's such so great they have such a great reputation they they died in such a tragic way like mm-hmm. whatever else you can't you can't like do anything you can't poop on that you know um but <laughs> I uh, I like poop. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know. I think the mud pit is back. <laughs> um, I think it's fun. You know, I I do think it's fun to mess with that. And I'll be honest, like before I even came up with that joke, I it's, remember seeing like the last pictures of him before he died, and I'm like, holy shit, he looks just like Lex Luthor. <laughs> and it's this horrible dark thought that I had yeah. that you're like, oh, you don't say that out loud, right. but like, oh my god, how cathartic is it to kind of cap it off in a joke in front of like you know 60 people, right? And and you lean in so hard into their uh, how upset they are, right? But they're but they're faux upset as right. well. They're right. laughing while they're upset. That's right. The interesting thing is he died in the whitest way possible because he he and and this That's is really funny. I, it's funny if I'm in like a black room, like they will laugh their asses off at it. Yeah, um, yeah. If I'm in a room with a bunch of white people, they're like, Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, it's because when you think about it, it's crazy. Like, like that would not happen to a normal person. Like you, no. don't, you don't see that. I think you're, you're maybe your shortcut of using the word white instead of privileged or richest or something like you that. Could have might, be richest. The, might be richest. Yeah. He, he died if, before you feel too bad. He died. He couldn't have died in a richer way or a more wealthy way or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like, I, don't know. I mean, like you want to seem like a cool white guy. Yeah. Together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so cool. I'm distant from this lifestyle. They're feeling bad because of what happened to him, uh-huh. but he had one of the more charmed lives you could possibly that's right. imagine. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's, kind of and what you're that's another concept is like, we get so invested in our celebrities and so invested 
in these people that really lived these amazing lives, they, they, they had millions and millions of dollars and everything went well for them their entire life. And then something didn't go well. And we, we have so much sympathy for them, but then we don't give a shit about yeah, right. some fucking kid that grew up in, you know, Africa, some African country somewhere that was starving his whole life. And, you know, like, or some kid in Flint, Michigan, or some kid in Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Let I me mean, bring it home. Like we have all of these, we have people that live really, really hard lives here in the United States and people don't want to think about it. But if we talk about our celebrities, then there's a, yeah. there's a quick little taboo thing you do here. And I think you pull it off again with joy, which is, you tell that lady to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And then you laugh so lovingly and say, but I love you. Yeah. And it's everybody. I like that. Everybody was so cool with it. Yeah. It was, it was just, it was. And I bet even the woman likes you telling her to shut the fuck up. That's like a lot of, I feel like a lot of hecklers are kind of masochistic in the sense like, and eventually he'll bash. Yeah. I have friends who want to sit in the front because they want. The banter. They they want to get smashed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and then the thing that you do, the next taboo thing that you do that's super forbidden is you even call out. That you are going to leave them on a rape joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that go badly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. It really depends. It depends on the audience. It depends on where I have set, how I've set the stage for them. Yeah, the if I've set the, the table set. for them and they know this guy, he is fucking around. Nothing he says is serious. Um, you know, they understand it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, then they are totally on board with that. And yeah. But if they're, they're like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this guy. Then... <laughs> That will get, that will get audible gasps, uh-huh. and yeah. and right. and honestly, there's something I I sometimes love about getting making a room full of a hundred people suck their breath in all at the same time. I think there's a part of that that, that that's you that that is like you enjoy seeing people. Uh, uh, you there's a certain you you take joy in their discomfort, and yeah. you also take joy in relieving it. Yes, exactly. It, that's a that's a really good way to put it. I mean. Um, Exactly that. There, I, I in, you want them to laugh, right? You want them to enjoy what you're doing, and but I think some comedians are just too afraid to to try to do anything else. Right. And I, I will take a gasp, and I'll take an oh, and I'll take any of those other things because that's still you're still getting a room full of people to respond subconsciously, automatically to what you're saying, mm-hmm. um, and that's pretty cool. And and and. God, I remember doing the, that that exact joke in Columbus, Ohio, as a closer, and the, the whole room gasped. But every comedian in the back was laughing their asses yeah. off, and that's <laughs> kind of that. You know, I mean, obviously, you want to get everybody. You want wait, 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 wait. There, that's an opportunity, though. I think that that that, that moment where they uh, where they all gasp. Mm-hmm. There's a there's something you can do in that moment to flip their gasp around into laughter. Sure. Well, that comes from a lot of, that just comes from tons of experience. You know, I started improv almost exactly eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, when I started doing stand up, I, you know, improv stopped being my primary focus and just became like a tool in the tool bag. I do have an advantage in, in some ways that, when I started stand up, I didn't have the fear of the stage. I was already comfortable on it, yeah. mm-hmm. and I already understood some basic concepts that's, that are something you have to. Kind you of also learn. have you also have the disadvantage of not having writing discipline because you're that's right. To use yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and I think you know you, I don't know. I you get it. Well, the other thing I think the other thing that improv gave me is I've always had a tough time with studying and homework, and and really work is involved in all of these things. Mm -hmm. But with improv, it was cool because the performance was the work and the work was the performance. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, it was so great to just be able to like, the more I do this, the better I get at this and right. I can get the joy and I can put the work in at the same time sure. with stand up, You, you do have like these, this, this, a lot of work mm-hmm. that goes in that is absolutely there. There isn't necessarily any joy to it. It's and, just, and it's just work. And there um, isn't a hard and fast rule to this, but no. the truly, truly original thought yeah. uh, where you, it, it's kind of hard to get there on stage you can get there i think you can but but it's it's but those really original you can get there on stage but you have to have it all kind of you have to build that mountain that it stands on top of Mm -hmm. um you know you have to have all this material and then you make a discovery like holy shit this is this is where it goes Ah, here's the connection and you can make that you can definitely do that on stage you can i just think that uh, I don't know. Just from listening to lots of the old dogs talk about it, yeah. th- that they they figure out what they really think and what they really feel when they're alone working out on uh, working sure. out the writing. But I mean, you know, not everybody. You can have a skeletal course. structure. You can have like a framework set up, and then kind of lay all of your ideas on that. As you know, I know plenty of performers that I've sp- spoken to that are both at our level and professional comedians that. That really, you know, they have a framework for what their joke is. You know, they have certain parts that work and then they just try this and they try that and they try this and they try that. And um, it's a combination of writing and it's a combination of just trying shit on stage. Yeah. Um, I, 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 from, yeah, there's from, interplay between it. Yeah. A lot of people that I've talked to is like, you can't get it all from writing. Now, no. if you're like a Seinfeld esque comedian, I'm sure that you would disagree with me. Cause from what I understand with Seinfeld, he's the kind of comedian that, literally writes everything out to the to the word like everything's a writing process and then he performs it exactly on stage it's an iterative but i don't like that kind of comedy that much iterative yeah i mean it it goes it goes it goes on stage you can see that in comedian the documentary when he when he really sucks up he knows exactly i'm going to try this word this word and this word Mm -hmm. and i'm just going to see which which one works the best Mm -hmm. you know he has an exacting plan I don't like the results of that comedy that much. Yeah. I like the guys that are a little bit more sloppy mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that that are kind of loose with it. And, and one thing I liked yeah. in the cross part is yeah. that you can tell he didn't mind almost fucking up the setup because there's that point where he's like um, she goes out and uh, and then he's like and she has a bunch of people following her. Like he, he like really like kind of like he was like, oh, I almost forgot to mention that. Right. And it doesn't take right. away from the joke at all. Right. And it's just like, right. it's nice. It's because it does add to a conversational feel. Yeah. And what does get lost a bit with the more heavily written stuff, if they're not careful, is is that conversational feel is gone. I want to go back to the Queen's rapist joke because like it's it's so taboo heavy. But what you what you do, because uh, um, as far as I know, rape is forbidden pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so like what, what, what I what I like about how you handle this is you, you very much improv it. You're like, if this is true, what else is true? If this is true, what else yeah. is true? And you get to a point. I think it doesn't get the laughs it deserves every time when they when the when the. The soldiers, or whatever the the, um, the Queen's Guard, the, the beef eaters, yeah. uh, that when they're sitting there and they're just they're 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 just stock still and they're crying. Yeah, like to me that is the yeah, that's such a funny visual. Yeah. And it's to be you, but you make it this absurd cartoon. Yeah, to where if how can you take that seriously? Well, see, here's yeah. here's the progression with that joke. So first of all, I pro- I do myself a bit of a disservice by having that be my closer. 
because either they're <laughs> with me or they're not. If they're not, then that's how they remember. Like, holy shit, that guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. If they're yeah. with me, it just crushes and yeah. it does great. Yeah. Um, but so it depends on what kind of table I've set, first of all. And I try to set the table of... Everything I'm saying is ludicrous. It's silly. Mm-hmm. These are jokes. Mm-hmm. This is not real. Don't take me yeah. seriously. Don't take me seriously. Mm-hmm. So if I've achieved that, then it works out. Um, and 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 I can tell automatically when I say I'm gonna leave you on a rape joke. If if I get like a bunch, everybody pulls back like, Ugh, then yeah. I know it's gonna be tough. <laughs> Have you ever thought of like I'm gonna leave you on a rape joke? Based on your response. I'm not. So instead, <laughs> do you have I, an alternative? I because I've seen. I'm the plow. kind of. I'm. I'm. Maybe I'm a bit masochistic, but that's like, oh, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I kind of. Oh, I, I know it's gonna hurt a little bit, but I kind of like love it a little bit. Like, let's see how bad this can make you feel right mm. now. Like I want, yeah. of course, of course so I want dark. them to get joy out of what I'm doing. I want them to laugh. But if I get a whole room of people just be like, Oh fuck. Oh, like, so be it, man. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. I, so, I, I do. I do envy that freedom that you have there. Um, uh, like I kind of, I kind of, I do. And that's just the sick part of me that just loves that. Right. Um, right. And here's the thing. The joke is not about, rape so much is about me being stupid and me literally think that li- did occur. I, yeah. I thought that for a moment because you never know what the fuck's in the news. And yeah. I was like, Oh my God, the, the queen. And I was, what did I think would have happened that. Right. in that right. scenario? Right. You know? Yeah, right. Um, and I, I love had, exposing stupidity. On right. Stage. It's so fun. You do have kind of an amazing ability to lean into an incredibly uncomfortable situation and find some real joy in it. And a great example of that would be when we tried to record this the first time and I totally <laughs> lost my temper. Yeah. And yeah. I have, I don't know, probably like five years of counseling under my belt to deal with a really heavy duty temper. Yeah. So I've learned to manage it and not take it out on people to the best of my ability. Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I and, and that moment, I've recounted it to other people where finally we were out of time and it wasn't going to work and I'd completely lost my temper. And I know that when I lose my temper, it takes me 20 minutes to come back down to earth. In fact, I start a stopwatch. (laughs) 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 And so, and, and I have learned to not yell and scream and say horrible things or just get really aggressive. I've learned to just express the veins in your head. Have you learned that though? (laughs) Please. No, the veins in his head haven't learned because you can see a lot worse. (laughs) Be quiet. And his head will just look like a topographical map of the Andes. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I have a throbbing, cool. my, the veins <laughs> pop out. I have a legitimate yeah. dickhead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, the, so I, I, I knew I'd lost my temper and I, I knew that at that point, there's no way I was going to be able to have fun with this. And you know me well enough to know that I was there. And of mm-hmm. course, poor Harrison's like, oh God, this, this is going to suck. It happens again. <laughs> so, 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 but you leaned into that moment as I explained I've lost my temper. I can't do this now. We're yeah. going to have to reschedule. I'm so sorry. I'm really angry right now. I All those chemicals are just going through my, my bloodstream and I won't be able to do this. And you just leaned into it. It was such an awkward moment because I, I lost control. And you said, what was it? It was, you said, Jeff, you're the only person I know who sounds completely like a serial killer 
<laughs> when they've lost their temper. Uh, yeah, well, wait, what did you... <laughs> you? You were like, and you just kept going. You were like, oh, by the way, guys, um, if you could just stay here, I'm going to go in my room right, where right. I keep the guns that you know that I have. Right. And <laughs> I was planning on killing you. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I've actually been uh, fantasizing about it for a little while now. Just hang tight. Uh, yeah, it's back. like dead fans. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very upset. Uh, <laughs> so I'm so angry. So yeah. just please, I'll be right back. <laughs> and that, like, your ability to lean into that level of discomfort and find the joy in that I think is is uh, is the reason that that you're able to do the dark taboo material. Well, and, that you and, have. and two things in improv, you learn to lean into something uh, regardless of what's happening. Sometimes you do a scene with somebody and they're terrible and they're just throwing everything to the wind. And that can actually end up being the most fun because you're like, let's go on this fucking crazy trip with you, man. Like, okay, (laughs) dragons are eating your sister. What, what's happening? Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. And then also in standup, when you, when you lean into it, the beautiful thing can happen sometimes where you've completely lost the audience and you're like, I'm, I don't care about you guys. I'm having fun and I'm going to keep having fun up here. And then, Sometimes, some not always, but a lot of the time, people are like, you know what? I, I think I can have fun with this too, and you you get them on the next joke. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I lost them on this one. It got too dark with them, but he's still having fun up there. He's not making. He's not getting weird about it. He's yeah. not yeah. showing that he feels. You make it okay, right? Like mm-hmm. they can they see that like I'm not all feeling weird and like oh I fucked up, you know? And then they're like, okay, I can be on board with that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's one of the skills, like learning how to fail, know that you're failing your job for a moment and love that you're failing your job yeah. Yeah. and have fun and just be like, yeah, this sucks right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it's it's almost like they've watched you fall off the tightrope and you just hold on with your hands and just keep going toward the other end, just like pulling yourself toward it. They, I, I've seen you do it and yeah. I've seen you also get to the other end of the end <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> Come on, let's talk about sex. This next clip is by Dave Chappelle. It's entitled "Man Rape." <laughs> yeah, man. Rape. <laughs> wow, there's a theme to this. Yeah, wow. Wow, man. Okie dokie. Wow. Uh, we're really sensitive. Yeah, and we're super sensitive. I think uh, I I love this clip. Uh, it's actually the same night he mm-hmm. recorded that Kramer uh, right. thing. It's right. funny because he says, "I only got ten minutes." God damn! But there's like three clips that night that equal like fifteen. I so. just, I love that whole that it's whole set. So- it's, Me too. Yeah. And it's also this cool thing where it's like the first time the nation had seen Dave Chappelle after like for what it's worth, which was the his, Laugh Factory. His Laugh Factory yeah. as well. And it was in like 2010. I picked it because it's it's such an interesting it's taboo because he's talking about rape and he's also talking about man rape, which is somehow not as sensitive a subject. Um, I mean, I guess for good reason, because a lot of times the context of man rape is prisons. Um, but he, he asked some very, uh, taboo questions, I guess, in this, in this, uh, and so this is, uh, so this, this is just basically, yeah, it has another name. It's mud pit. I think. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, a lot of the bit happens in my anus, and uh, we call that the mud pit. All right, ready? Yeah. I'm one of those people that's so smart that I'm uncomfortable in this world. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm scared to live. I'm not scared to live, but it's scary out here. God damn. I know how flimsy this shit is. I can see through the, I can see the truth. There's an animal inside each and every one of you. It's not good. (laughs) Shit is real. Listen, I was looking at the paper the other day. I'm not making this up. 
there's a serial rapist in Houston. There's nothing funny about serial rape, but... (laughs) What is noteworthy about this particular rapist (laughs) is that all of his victims have been men. Enjoy your evening. (laughs) I can't believe you clapped about that. It's a man raping men in Houston. It's the most gangster shit. (laughs) Like, Like seven men have already come forward in the Houston area and reported this motherfucker, which... Which means he must have raped thousands. <laughs> That's a tough phone call for us to make. <laughs> it's not like when you get raped, ladies. There's no uh, society don't give a fuck about male rape. There's no hotline for us. Mm. Man, get raped. You just gotta get up and walk that shit off. Huh? <laughs> got raped. <laughs> <laughs> Call me slipping. <laughs> you take that shit to the grave. <laughs> Couldn't even tell my wife some shit like that. <laughs> Come home, all disheveled and shit. <laughs> hey, where have you been? It's three o'clock in the morning. Out fucking another woman. Just <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So funny. I love I you know, talking about we were talking about timing, like that mm-hmm. butt. But oh. And he just got a huge laugh on just butt. Right. And they didn't even know what he was gonna say. No. Nope. Wait, but which part? Which nothing part? funny about nothing funny about rape. Yeah. But, but but oh yeah yeah that part is really funny yeah that's really funny I just love man that's a he's just so he's so natural and so oh, like yeah. he's so harmless feeling so I've said this before but yeah I really want to just take Dave Chappelle's material and read it straight I know he's I, one of those guys it's just it, and to take out all his intonation and everything I it's know. the saddest stuff you just yeah. take that out. You know, there's, you know, there's nothing funny about rape, but, you know, men, I mean, it's uh, uh, it's just, I don't know, enjoy your evening. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, you know, seven came forward. Must have been thousands. I like, was, it's, this, it's so sad. Yeah. Well, well, look, I has, mean, you could say that of, com, of in, stand up in, in general. It's there is something about, I mean, I know he's like, he's saying in a joking way, but when he was like, I'm so smart, it, the world makes me uncomfortable. It's like, there is something yeah. to... Comedians are good comedians are very, very smart because they see things that other people don't see or they connect dots that are there that we don't really need to be connecting to have a good life. But we're connecting them anyway because we want to know everything and we want to be able to explain anything. Or at least demystify things. Here's the amazing thing with comedians. Why we're so awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, You know, a lot of times you can be really smart and be able to analyze something, but be terrible at explaining to other people, or you could be really good at explaining things to people, but not necessarily good at like coming up with original thoughts and content, and whatever. Mm-hmm. As a comedian, you really have to be good at both. You have to be good at coming up with thoughts that are original in some way that are maybe a unique perspective on something and then be able to teach it back to everybody else in a way that is digestible and makes them laugh mm-hmm. is not, it's not even just like, not even a, just a dry, understandable way, but like a way that is is humorous. Yeah, and that's, that's that is how that is how it works. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that's not easy. Yeah. Oh fuck! I feel like I figured out stand up. 
Yeah. I'm Captain Obvious to the rescue. <laughs> so I was talking to um, There's a really funny comedian uh, slash sketch comedian who's a very big fan of this show. His name is Randall Otis. He's a New York comic. And we were talking we about know, We Chappelle. all know that's a lie, but go ahead. Shut the fuck up. And uh, <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> and uh, Randall was talking about watching For What It's Worth was with his grandmother. Mm-hmm. And he was, and they were all laughing. And then his, and his grandmother was like, he has so much pain behind his eyes. Mm. And he was like, what do you mean? He was like, he's smiling, but there's melancholy all underneath that mm-hmm. smile. Like she, like, which is such an older, strong black woman thing to notice for some reason to me. And not only that, like if you hear him in interviews, it's, yeah. he's, he, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen, I would highlight it's on YouTube. I, I'm sure you can download on iTunes too. There's a iconoclast episode, which is an old show where they get two uh, famous artists together. His episode was with Maya Angelou. It's incredible. Well, I've seen that. That it's conversation so is so, it's incredible. So uh, I want to go to the, like some of the taboo stuff in this. Yeah. Uh, and, and how he's just. It's not like when you're raped, ladies. Almost kind of implying that it's easier if you're a woman to get raped, oh, which is like, such ooh. a. And everyone knows what he means when he says that because he's like, he's not putting in the context of like, you guys have it cushy when you get uh, raped. It's, but it, just to say that is like hard to say. You know, he, he frames it, hey, it's not funny, right? That's, a fir- that's one of the first things he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, this is not, it's not funny, but that's the big laugh. I'm going to make it funny. Everybody laughs because they know he's going to make it funny. Right. It's not funny. Trust him. I'm going to make it funny. Yeah. Right. Then, you know, then he goes into, you know, he does, he even doesn't even finish this. He goes, enjoy yeah. your evening. Well, he, well, <laughs> but first he says, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a particular, there's a particular rapist who only rapes men. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that whole enjoy your evening kind of thing. I mean, whatever. I mean, that, that's, it's a cheap. It's a cheap. It's a but cheap. It, but it's, yeah. But, he, but it's necessary. I think those like those little things they give you this little. Release. Well, it's just saying it's like, like I don't need to say anything else. You guys, yeah. you guys can already make your jokes from here, right? Mm-hmm. Like in a, in a way. I, like, I think it's more like a little like a quick release valve, the tension. You do the same thing where you go in in your in your bit where yeah. you say even uh, in the I love you. Thing. Yeah, it, but you, I love you. Yeah. That's that's a quick little release of that. And then the, the other thing where you go, uh, we're, we're just supportive of you, or however you say it. Mm. Uh, after all that, you like you build the tension, and it's a quick release, and then yeah. you're back into it again. The and rhetoric like of a good parent. We, I feel like that's what he did here. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, so he goes enjoy your evening, and it's then also, he's back into it again. It's also cartoonish. What the way like he does? He it. literally drops no, the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like well, that's a, what I mean. I I think I'm not a huge fan of cartoony, obvious gestures and moves in in comedy necessarily (laughs) because that's a good way to it it, like like this is so stupid but like i hate when comedians just drop the mic Chappelle loves doing that he loves like laughing and dropping the mic that's not like that i don't think that's a i don't think that's a i think that's just the way his body moves no, I think I think he studied his body. I think it's studied. I, no, I, th- I think I if think you did it, is. it would be studied. I think he's the kind of guy no, that moves I'm like that. I'm on Tristan's side here. When I watched I when I watched his last two specials, I was like, I watched him do it, and I was like, each one of these yes. is, is is I'm gonna I'm gonna lean forward and I'm gonna tap the mic on yep. my knee. That's I I think it probably is a natural movement. That look, look at some that, of his older specials. He didn't do that. He I mean, this is something. He he's yeah, but he was a tighter comedian repertoire. at that point. Perhaps, but I think look, I think everybody has a way of 
Corpsing. Of, it's called corpsing. Uh, 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 Jason Chatfield taught me this. So corpsing is where you laugh at your own joke, but you, but it's not real. Right. Um, where you uh, it's corpsing? you basically yeah, it's called corpsing. I can't remember what the I don't know how that could be. That. No, it's 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 some it's it. some acting phrase. It might be Australian. He's Australian. Who the hell knows? I don't know. But but that, that's a the term. <laughs> right. So it's basically a way of letting everybody know, hey, I'm having fun. I think uh-huh. this is funny, right? Uh, but it's not but real. It, but it's not real. It's yeah. practiced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I think it might be practiced to be in a mind state where you're on stage and you are willing to laugh at your own jokes. I don't think I feel like we're telling Harrison that there is no Santa Claus right now. Like you're really having a, t- a tough time oh, with this. I just want to believe the illusion. I you mean, want to believe? I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I'm more willing to see uh, him as a um, a not. A, a, I don't think he's being an illusionist. I think one of the great things about Chappelle is that he is not performing parlor tricks on the audience. I think he, you know, knows the steps of a great comedian, but I don't think those nuances are planned because that would be sociopathic. I don't really think that. I don't. I don't know about yeah, that, man. I don't, about that. I don't know if I agree. I, I. I honestly think that. Look, I just know you guys write everything out to the word, <laughs> right? And I don't. No. And if I laugh at my own jokes on stage, it is not rehearsed. So I definitely don't write everything out to the word. <laughs> you. De- I know. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Tristan. I love you. I'm gonna, I love the that. Fuck up. I can't. I love you. You want to kiss? Sometimes, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> sometimes I will feel the energy of the room pulling back, and I will nervously, almost not. I'm not really. Thinking I know about you're it, nervous. Laugh, Jeffrey. but I'll I'll laugh to, to to indicate to them that they can laugh too. And I'm not necessarily thinking about it, mm-hmm. but some t- then I'll see that it works, and then I'll yeah. go, "Oh, I can do that here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll try to recreate it. And sometimes it'll work every time. I think yeah. it can be. I think you can find the joy in your own joke and laugh at it. Right. Like totally, yeah. I definitely do that because I can't corpse. I, I'm just not like everybody will be able to see right through me. I'm not good at pretending to be happy. Like that's why I can't take a good photograph. Cause I can't just I put in a genuine smile. And, and you so rarely feel actual joy. That, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that's why I do comedy, Jeff. Hey, man. Um, look, when I saw, uh, when, when I, when you had your son, I, I, when Tristan had his son, I didn't recognize the look on his face. Yeah. I'd never seen him happy before. Yeah. I was just like, what is this? Are you okay? Yeah. And it was just, it was just, just genuine. Oh, I, I, I like life for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I just <laughs> can't act. I can't pretend. You know, I just can't. Acting is. Know. Sucks. Yeah. Uh, but I actually, I, you know what there is? I, I do believe in the corpsing method yeah. in like a, fu- like Sarah Silverman's squirrel bit that we played on, I believe Khalid Rukman's mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. She has this part where she's like gearing up to tell you and she's like so excited to tell you. I think that's acted. Yes. And, but yeah. I, I like that it's acted. It's part, it's like the David Cross crying thing. Yeah. There's this emotional yeah. component. Um, but when he's laughing, he might. I mean, I bet he like means to slap it on his knee because he likes doing that. Maybe that's just like oh, it's it kind depends, of fun. To... I think it depends how far along he is in the joke. Pete Holmes think... talks about picking up the microphone stand because he's so big and how he likes doing that because it's kind of playful and looks funny that he's so big and the mic's so small. And so I think it might be more that like let me play with this space. Also, I I, I know 
I'll enjoy my material so much. I, I laugh about it. I laugh at it on yeah. stage and it's mm-hmm. just totally real. And I'm laughing with the audience. I'm like, isn't this fun? This is so funny. It's yeah. the same as like telling a story with, to a friend. I'm laughing while I'm telling this story exactly, to my yeah. friend. But then there are also, there are also times where I'm also indicating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just saw a few on his special where he's like, he's hitting the mic on his leg and I'm like, now. Is it? Now. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I, I look. Know. I'll, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I think it's possible for him to have joy in what he's doing, and it's possible that like some of the moves are straight from joy. But I also think he he knows that there's moves, and he knows that like, hey, if mm. I do this, this will be the reaction. And I think, especially look, especially when he drops the mic, when he literally drops it, yeah, that is a hundred percent planned, and that is saying, oh, the dropping mic for sure. That is saying what I just said was so awesome. We can be done here. But I'll keep going and pick up the mic and do it again. But uh, I don't be, think it's so awesome. I think he's doing it so that there's attention. Why do people like drop to, mics? People drop mics like, "Hey, you just saw the most awesome fucking show. You you just heard the 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 kick the the, the most amazing I song liked you when ever Obama heard." Did he was, he was, he just, he, I loved when o, I loved when Obama What's did that? it. But he was being sarcastic when he dropped the mic. Who? Uh, Dave Chappelle in that bit because he he clearly didn't finish the joke. It wasn't over. No, of yeah, course. He said something horrible and dropped the mic like yeah, it was yeah. the best. I know that one. That one's a little bit different, but but definitely during the course of that that uh, just for uh, was it just for laughs that he's at or is it what was the comedy club he was at? Not it, just for laughs. Uh, oh, oh, Laugh Factory. Laugh Factory. Um, you know, you could see in the different clips from there, he does drop the mic several times as kind of like an, a point of emphasis. Oh, when he's like paparazzi, yes, and he's yeah. Like, so and, I think and, he's genuinely enjoying the fact that he. That's one of the most. That's one of those that you can tell that's a set where that might have been the first time he had done stand up at the Laugh Factory since being gone. Maybe, maybe. because right. they're like, we got to record this. You know, and and maybe it's just the. There's a little bit of like uh, anal retentive in me where I'm like, you're going to break that mic. You know, like, I don't that, know. <laughs> that's the only reason I don't drop. But I think right. there's so many bits where like, I wish I could drop the mic here, but I don't want to. You can't. It. Right. But you can't. Right. Like if you break the mic, you're you're you, not. You, you're you in up the show. Yeah. You're you fucked up the show. Um, you owe them money for the mic. They're not going to have you there again. Yeah. If Dave Chappelle brings breaks the mic, it's, it's like just let's get another mic, move yeah, on. Yeah. You know, like I, there's we've got, another, okay. we've got another microphone for you. Dave. Right. We, we've got we, we've we always got have five mics for you, Mr. <laughs> Chappelle. Is there anything else we want to touch on in terms of like techniques? In the first one, it was uh, you know the Virgin Mary raped me, and then this one, it's it's you know a man raping men, and obviously it's taken in a different way. In the first one. It is, you know, how, how am I as a man and a victim of, you know, a deity basically. And then in the second one, it's more, um, you know, the concept of like, what, how, how does a man react right. to this? So they're totally different extrapolations of, of similar concepts. I s- um, and, and in both cases, it's talking about one of the most taboo subjects, I think. I did see, by the way, another version of this just recently. Uh, so when I saw him live. And it was just, it was so great. He just, he like, when, when he gets to the point where he's, instead of talking, the not telling his wife, where he's like, oh, I'm out fucking another woman. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> instead of that, he just goes, you gotta, you gotta walk that shit off. And he goes, you just gotta be like, you gotta be like, Ugh. and he, he makes like a punching noise. Yeah, and he goes, got right. He goes, he goes, <laughs> <"Whoa."> slipping. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes, ah, got yourself a secret champ. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's been sitting on it for years. Yeah. And he just goes, got yourself a secret champ. And like the, he, he was doing the motions. Like he's like, he's back in the game and he's like, he's That's like, this, it's just really great. funny. It, it was really good. Cause <laughs> caught me sleeping is kind of like, like you can, t- I bet he, if he were l- listening to that back, be like, I could have tagged that better. 
Because mm-hmm. it's funny. It gets the point across. It's but and, it, and it's like, this is like seven years. You can years, push it further. Later. It sounds like the guy boxing is even more like, I'm, I'm trying to shovel some kindling on it. <laughs> Put some dirt on it. Come on. Let's talk about sex. All right. Should we close out? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. The mud pit is closed. <laughs> <laughs> A huge thanks to our guest, Kristen Smith. Yeah. Thank you, are you Kristen. welcome. Thank you for having me on your program. <laughs> that was... I was supposed to be the devil too. That, that devil. sounded like uh, you actually Brando were a demon child, attack. so you're yeah. better. Ah. <laughs> I, I did have yeah. a nickname of Lucifer at one point. Hello, Father. Here are the shards of my childhood. <laughs> uh, let's do some plugs. So Tristan has a less successful podcast called Comics Table. Uh, you should all definitely check that out. It's much superior you- to this podcast. You're correct, Jeff. I feel like we're fighting. Uh, Tristan, tell me about the, your your podcast. Um, our podcast is um, much less rigid. Like, we don't cry when things don't go the way that we... Now, the comics table really is about capturing the essence of the comic... Well, for people that don't know, like, when you're doing comedy after the show, um, you know... Pe- Comedians hang out. They sit down. They talk about their sets. They talk about their lives. Um, that's it's a particular feature at, for instance, the Comedy Cellar, um, where where all these big comedians are just sitting there jamming away and talking about stuff. And pretty much that's what we try to achieve on our our podcast. We have uh, we have comedians in that are you know aspiring up and coming comedians, and we have professional comedians come in, and we just talk to them about their life and talk about the comedy process, and uh, you know we just. Try to have a good time. And that's with Patrick Holbert. That's with Patrick Holbert. And yeah. uh, I believe there is an open mic that's associated with... Yeah, starting in, in Thursdays in the, in, the, in the new year, uh, we're going to be having... Uh, starting in Thursdays? Yeah. On Thursdays. In, in, mm. in, in, in every inside Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. In, it in, actually in, makes more sense It is inside way. of a Thursday. Deep inside of Thursday. Deep in Thursday. <laughs> actually, Thursday <laughs> at 6 p.m. Deep inside of Thursday. That's every a Pearl thir- Jam song, Every actually. Thursday. Every Thursday at 6 p.m. At the V spot, uh-huh. and uh, when um, the, I think the, the details are still being worked out, but where are you going to post the information on that? Comicstable.com. Comicstable.com. Uh-huh. That's the podcast website. Yeah, we'll definitely have some Facebook shit, and yeah, we'll we'll post on freemikes.com. Yeah, maybe bad slava. Maybe bad slava. I, I, yeah. yeah, probably bad slava. Face, That's and slava. Facebook shit, definitely. That's slava. He's we'll bad. do some Facebook shit. Yeah, and uh, if people want to follow you, how would they do that? They just have to. Visually identify me and then just kind of walk just in whatever. Like, <laughs> who is the creepiest guy in the room? Right. Yeah. Just look for my hair. I I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my the username is is a lame takeoff of my name. It's T R Y S T E N D S M Y T H. So Trist it's like ends. And myth, myth. It's it's like demystifies. He really shows the truth it just, behind things. Basically, I'm a theater fag, and uh, that is pretty much my <laughs> my word. Thank you. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. uh, that is Jeff's word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, I'll give you kike if you want it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> theater kike that will be posted nowhere. Maybe some Facebook shit. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to find out more about our guest, please head over to let's talk about sets.com. You can check out all the details on the show notes. We also have a lot more episodes organized by theme and by the comedians that we discuss. And you can get our episodes automatically every other week by subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't already done that, please do that now on Apple Podcasts or however else you get your 
fix. And a big special thanks to Dave Chappelle's thoughtfulness, Michael Richards' epic meltdown. Thank you, Michael Richards. (laughs) David Cross's crossness. Uh, Also, a big thanks to George Carlin for just having been George Carlin. All right. You can also check out a couple other shows. What about my mom, dude? My mom. Yeah. She's she raised me on her own, dude. Not not to mention she gives great blowjobs. She and, and and he can tell you all about it. Yeah. No, the joke is I eat her pussy. That's mm-hmm. the this guy. <laughs> That's hilarious. He butchers all my material. <laughs> See, there uh, you yeah, go. Yeah. And uh also go to latenightromp.com. Latenightromp.com. That is my weekly show that I co-produce with Teresa Sheffield. It is and, so fun. And Harrison is often on it. I've never mm. been invited. That's uh, great. Uh, you got to do a little bit of work, buddy. Write <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, write something. So, uh, <laughs> and also you can go to special-tonight.com for my monthly show that I produce with. Patrick Holbert, and you can get $10 all-you-can-eat tacos and an amazing comedy show. I've been to and, a bunch of those, and, and I just load up on tacos. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I can speak first that's person why that about bathroom it. smells like shit. Yeah, um, that is special-tonight.com. And as always, thanks. Huge, big, warm, wet, loving thanks to Salt and Pepper for not yet having heard about us and therefore not suing us for all the fair use that we do. I would like There's to plug something. Can I plug oh, my plug. show? Since Jeff show already has a huge following and ours just started, uh, do not go to the Mockingbird show a special tonight. Go instead to Grins and Gronies. It's in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, a f- very cool hip spot. East Village is dead, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the Grins and Gronies. You can find it on Facebook. We also have a page on Eventbrite. You can purchase tickets. They are free. Um, it's you a can very purchase good time. free tickets. Purchase free tickets. That's- well, we do reserve seating. So, okay. Just to be clear. I am not involved with Grins and Gronies, so uh, you're welcome please to do time anytime. Lower your expectations, uh, and, you'll, and you'll have a better time. So. Yes, these guys yeah. are definitely going to fight or fuck. Sets. Sets. Sets.